The mission of Project Echelon is to educate, equip, and empower veterans through physical activity. In 2015, 22 veterans committed suicide on a daily basis. And while the number has decreased slightly in recent years, to get it to zero where it needs to be means there is more work to be done. My guest today is Eric Hill, who's saddling up on his bike with a team of elite cyclists in an effort to get it to zero while ticking away mile after mile. Jump in the Peloton for this episode of Pick Up Six Podcast. Eric Hill, welcome to Pick Up the Six Podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Uh, just great energy here and, and really um, appreciative of the opportunity to, to share our story. Yeah, man. Uh, a friend of mine got us connected and started peeling back the layers of what you guys are doing. I was like, this is incredibly important work. I love the mission and I love the idea of tying it uh, into cycling and physical activity and all that. So did you get a ride in this morning? Where, where are we at? What'd you do today? Yeah, not, I, not yet. I got the kids dropped off at school, had a quick work call, but uh, I do have a 120 mile, six hour uh, banger of a ride to do this afternoon. So gearing up season, uh, you know, we're getting past COVID really June yeah. 1st, the season kicks off. Uh, we'll be headed to Europe in, in July and August, and then uh, come back for a huge block of stage racing here in the, in the States. So um, yeah, it's, it's getting to that time where it's all systems go. 120 mile banger is a nice way of, uh, of putting it, uh, have spent some time, uh, in the saddle doing a few cycling events and like to just ride, you know, for, for leisure, uh, but know that that's no, uh, no easy feat, but for a professional like yourself, uh, hope you have a good spin out there and, uh, and get after it when you get a chance to do that. This I just afternoon. hope the, the wind plays nice today. It's never fun riding by yourself in a headwind. Dude, by yourself a headwind, those crosswinds start coming across you. You know, I spent some time in North Texas right out of college and we talked about this on a phone call the other day rode in the hotter than hell hundred, which is a hundred miler in North Texas in late August. It's brutal, dude. Mm -hmm. And if you don't make it to a certain part of the race, the 60 mile point, essentially by 1 PM, they don't let you go any further because mm -hmm. to up. But man, I remember those North Texas crosswinds sometimes too, coming off those fields and it's brutal. Well, I'm going to jump the gun on you and just say, that's where the name project echelon came from really? um, is, you know, that idea of riding by yourself in the wind, head down and feeling like you're going nowhere is brutal. It's, yeah. it's demoralizing. It's, it's hard to take a next step forward. And um, we felt that that's what our veterans felt like so often and that we could help them move, uh, move better, move faster, move more successfully in their reintegration into our, our communities. Um, if we put a, group around them if we formed an echelon if we help break that wind and so that's where the um yeah that's where the, the name comes from it just it makes me smile every time because it's just yeah. such a beautiful like harmony of words and the concept of, of forming an echelon and cycling and and really what it does for the speed of the group and the energy of the group um and then you know obviously what it does for our veteran community that's amazing man we're going to come back to that dig fully into what Project Echelon is, all the incredibly powerful work it's doing, how it's getting guys and gals up and moving and, and physically active. Uh, we're going to talk about that mission and, and really just all that it's meant and, and what you're continuing to do, and we love it. But tell me a little bit about Eric Hill. we got to get to know you a little bit. So educator, athlete, husband, yeah. dad, right? What's yeah. up, Eric? What are you doing? Yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot there, a lot of layers to peel back. So, um, yeah, I kind of started out collegiate running and, I uh, had a lot of fun and success there and actually an injury drove me to cycling. Uh, there's kind of a, a joke in the U S that 
all professional uh, cyclists in the United States are injured runners. Uh, it's just not such an ingrained part of our culture like it is in Europe, right? It's like second yeah. to soccer in Europe. And here in the U.S., it's just not there's baseball, there's football, there's, you know, basketball, all those things. So anyway, got introduced to it through that and um, had the opportunity to start growing through the sport and um, was making connections, uh, you know, starting to build my opportunity to explore racing as a professional. And um, I ultimately, you know, started uh, deciding, I think I wanted to start my own team. And as I was coming to that idea, um, a veteran friend of mine reached out and said, Hey, um, I, I just made a, a third attempt at suicide. And, uh, I know that you're involved in sport and cycling. And, um, my wife said that I should talk to you. And, uh, she believes that, you know, having some routine and structure and purpose, uh, could be, could be helpful for me. And so I took all these different things, you know, my, um, my love for helping people, um, my work as an educator. So I still work in education, as you said, um, being a family man um, and just like, well, how can I bring all of these things together? And ultimately it resulted in this organization. And so, um, you know, that said, uh, I, I do, you know, I consult, I do leadership consulting in the world of education. Uh, I have two beautiful boys. Uh, who love being outdoors and, and uh, engaging in the world of sport. I have a, a very athletic, uh, you know, wife who's a physical therapist and, um, you know, puts her heart and soul into, into helping people as well. And uh, that is really what has led us to where we, to where we are today is following our, you know, following my passion um, and taking the skills that other people have helped me develop and putting them to good use. Where do you guys call home, Eric? Uh, we're in southeastern Wisconsin, so about 45 minutes outside of Milwaukee. What's cycling like in the Wisconsin winter months? I can't imagine it's very pleasant. Yeah, well, you do two things. You either get the fat tire bike out, so you got a three-inch wide tire that can, you know, go rolling through the snow like it's snowshoeing almost. Uh, you don't go very fast. You know, you're doing, doing maximum effort to go nine miles an hour, um, but it gets you outside and it keeps you warm. Otherwise, you're you're jumping on the, on the good old SARS trainer and, um, and doing a little virtual riding. Uh, so that it's actually been pretty unique. If, if you ride bikes and you haven't checked it out before, just the, the rise of, um, virtual riding and racing, especially during COVID. Um, but over the last five years in general, so training indoors in the winter, isn't too terrible anymore. 10, 15 years ago, it was, it was rough. You just stared at a brick wall or watch the same movies year after year. Um, yeah. You need to be pretty, pretty mentally tough to get through it. You just sat there on that trainer with that thing spinning, man. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, wearing down that back wheel on that trainer <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Or, and you're right. Yeah. Wa watching TV or watching a movie and you're now with, with virtual connectivity. I mean, even the fact that we're able to do this, record this podcast, look at each other today helps in, yeah. in these virtual workouts over this last year, you know, and I've been a huge proponent of get yourself outside, continue to move outside where you can, but to be able to grab maybe a little accountability and in, in having to stare across someone on a virtual space. And even if they're just yelling at you on a Peloton or whatever, virtually, I think it, it is hopefully help people along that. I want to take, take me back to that conversation, man. This friend of yours comes to you. Yeah. Drops this yeah. super heavy uh, you know, piece of information on you. And, and maybe you weren't looking for something to do at the time, but, you know, I believe the good Lord sort of put it in front of you. Mm -hmm. How heavy was that moment? Yeah. I mean, you know, it was, 
we were connected through my wife, him and his wife are, are, were friends. So we knew of each other. Um, I wouldn't say we were close to each other at that point in time. Um, he, like I said, was a, a veteran, came back, uh, tried to you know, get himself into, into the workplace, just really struggled, tried to go back to school, dropped out and was struggling with drug and alcohol addiction. Um, and like I said, ultimately tried to take his life on, on multiple occasions. And uh, he was doing the right things. Like he was, he was reaching out for help, but he just couldn't stay engaged. He was, um, you know, just trying to do things for personal growth, but um, couldn't stay committed to it. And after this final time um, of, of making that attempt, like he had to do something different. Yeah. And I think after some self-reflection and certainly through our conversation that day, it, it became very apparent that that thing was, with structure and purpose and goals and routine, um, things that just are automatically built for you and handed to you in the military. Like you don't have to think about it. You know what? I wake up, I got PT at six thirty. After after PT, I go to mess. After mess, I go to do like, you know what your day is going to look like, um, and you know who your community is around you to support you, and like you know what your job is to a T. Um, and then you come back home and it's gone. And I think we came to the, to that realization that day and he knew that he needed those things and um, had set a goal for himself that he wanted to do a triathlon. Um, and so through that conversation, you know, asked the questions of like, well, have you been running? Mm -hmm. No. Okay. Like swimming. What about that? Nope. Don't, I mean, you know, don't have a routine for swimming. You got a bike. I don't have a bike. Well, those are the three things you need right. to do a triathlon, you know, and um, for myself, like I said, I'm just trying to be philanthropic, you know, whenever I can. Um, it's like, well, I have all the I'm, I'm lucky enough to have all the connections I would need to make that a reality for him to get him a bike to get him a running program, um, you know, and, and help him achieve his mm -hmm. goal of doing this triathlon. And so that's what we did. I reached out to some of my partners, um, in the industry and just said, Hey, can you help me out? Get a discount on a bike so we can get this guy going, you know, um, took my experience as a collegiate runner and as a high school um, cross country coach and, you know, had a running program put together for him. Um, and so six months later, uh, sure enough, completing his first triathlon and, um, clean and sober and finding new purpose in his life. And, um, starting to find new ways to better, to better himself and open up to have the com the difficult conversations that he wasn't willing to have before that. Um, ultimately, you know, a, a year later, he ends up uh, completing Ironman France. Um, mm. And he's on a TV show, NBC quest for Kona. And um, at that point, other people, other veterans are hearing his story and reaching out to him. And he says like, dude, what you've done for me, there's a lot of other people that need that help. Like we should start an organization together. And that's how Project Echelon came to be. And so as the number of veterans grew, we also knew that uh, that would create opportunity for all of the elite athletes on our, on our racing team. So we started Project Echelon Racing, which is a professional cycling team that races across North America, but internationally as well. Um, each of those guys on that team, our 15 man rosters responsible for coaching and mentoring the veterans we work with. Each of the uh, industry partners and sponsors that we bring into our program 
works with us to provide either discounted or free product to the veterans that we work with to remove the barriers, which are typically either financial or knowledge-based for our veterans to get involved in that, in that activity. Um, and so it's, it takes a village and we we're slowly building the village. Yeah. That's incredible, man. So tell me a little bit about that mentorship program, right? So you've got the professional athlete, right? So there's Mm -hmm. sort of two pieces of this, right? You got the professional cycling team side, and then you've got your team of veterans that are a part of this that you're ultimately partnering with and and helping with. So tell me about that. What's that mentorship program look like? Yeah. Um, I think first and foremost, it's important to just talk about the the purpose of it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're as a, as an elite athlete, you're privileged. Um, to travel the country to, um, only have to worry about racing your bike and training, um, to have the resources that you need to be successful just given to you. Um, and you're not appreciative of those things unless you, um, you can give back. And so, uh, for me as an, as an educator and as a father, I was like, well, this is just what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, this is what, in my opinion, what every professional sports team should be doing is helping grow their community. Um, and then with that, the athletes have the opportunity to grow themselves as well. But for our veterans, um, you know, they reach out um, sometimes through email, sometimes through Instagram. We do a lot of work on um, social media. That's where a lot of our connections come through in, in word of mouth, right? Just more people telling people about it. Um, that's how we got connected. And, uh, and then we, we do a, a zoom call right away. I want to meet face to face. I want to see you. I want to hear your, I want to hear your story. Um, and once we hear your story and, uh, and have an opportunity to hear some of your goals and how, you know, what does physical activity mean to you and how could it, uh, integrate into your life to help you achieve other goals outside of sport? Um, we start to put together a plan. So we, um, we work with a smart goal. Um, you know, try to be really specific, drill down, make sure there is routine and purpose there, make sure that they will achieve success, uh, make sure that it, uh, it has a set time frame so that we know what we're working towards. Um, and then we build a, a training plan for them um, to, to achieve that goal. We help them identify what resources they might need. So we provide um, a financial stipend to help them um, get those resources, whether it be a bike or running shoes or race entry. Um, we try to limit or, or remove some of those barriers there as well. Um, and then we have regular check-ins. So just a quick call. Sometimes it's you know specific to their training and sometimes it's just tell me about how things are going at home. Yeah. Um, but again, it's about people helping people and just trying to have authentic relationship. And that authentic relationship then leads to bigger and better things. I want to hear some stories about veterans that you've impacted and maybe a couple of uh, specifics of just ways you've seen lives change through this partnership. Before we do that, tell us, tell us the website, Eric. So when folks are listening live, as they're listening to us today, if they want to go in, start digging in, see your yeah. website, see more about you, where can they go for that? Pro- project echelon.org. Um, and then our social media handle is at project echelon racing. Uh, so you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and uh through, through our website there gives you the about gives you the contact page and we would absolutely love to to have you check it out and uh and connect with us i'd also encourage our listeners they got a giving heart 
there's a way to contribute financially to help these guys out as well. I'd ask that you do that too, if you feel so moved based on what they're doing. All right. So what's really neat is you got the professional cycling team, right? When they go out, they look super dope, right? They got the kit, they got the bikes, right? They got all the good looking gear. Yep. But also that gets, that gets uh, handed over to some of the veterans that you partner with. That's got to be kind of a big deal for them, right? It is. We, I mean, I, this is something my high school coach always used to say, look good, feel good, feel good, do good. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you want to be confident in what you're doing. You want to know that you're a part of a team or a part of a yeah. community. You want to be confident in the equipment that you have um, so that you're, you know, you're, you know, you're working toward your goal that's feasible and that your the equipment you're using is, is going to support it. Um, so, yeah, we want to give, we want to give our community that professional experience when um, we want them to know that they're, that they're valued. Um, and that's really what it comes down to is showing value and showing that sense of community. All right. So tell me some success stories. If you've got any teed up or that you can think of or just how you've seen some lives changed. Yeah. I, you know, I think the, the one that continues to strike me most is um, a, a veteran uh, in Alaska. So, right. Just to think that we, we've reached somebody that far is yeah, sure. um, we're based out, based out of Wisconsin to Eric beach, the, the co-founder um, veteran friend, is from Wisconsin as well, you know, and, and first year we helped 12 people. Now we've helped over 200 on an annual wow. basis wow. and reaching people overseas and in Alaska, which is crazy. But um, for me, it was uh, actually his wife reaching out and saying, I just wanted to tell you um, that you've brought my husband back. Like mm-hmm. he's been home for a while, but now he's back. And it's like, I mean, to, I'm almost tearing up now, yeah. but it, like, that's a huge statement. Um, and to know that, you know, his daughters are involved, um, in this now. And like, they, they go for family rides and they all wear the, t- the team kit. And, um, I mean that, I think that that statement, uh, is a huge motivator for me. Um, we, we have another, um, veteran, his name is Josh. He, uh, is actually on our board. Um, he was living in and stationed in Italy when he connected with us, um, and lost almost lost his life in a, a Humvee accident um, when he was in, in the Middle East. But um, you know, he went from I think very like being very internally motivated um, to now being extremely motivated by helping others. Um, to see his growth and willingness to um, just be a helping hand and a mentor to others to um, get through experiences like the one he had. It's just incredible. Um, he's now uh, an instructor in the military as well. So um, his involvement with uh, with Project Echelon has helped him grow in his professional life in ways that I don't think he would have previously thought possible. Um, you know, and another victim to, to some addiction um, issues early on that he can now say that he's championed those issues and is helping other people champion them. Um, you know, Brad, Brad Borders, you know, he's the one that connected us. Um, the reason I think that's a, a massive success story is so often in the nonprofit space for whatever reason, and I hate it, is we compete against each other for the same resources to help the same people. Um, Brad, who is vice president of Purple Heart Homes and helps um, put roofs over a homeless veteran's mm-hmm. head and Project Echelon have found a way to come together, put our two organizations and their reach together, their influence together, 
and um, achieve a common goal. Yep. Um, you know, we help them with a fundraising campaign called Take That Hill. Um, and they help us with our, our homeless veterans that uh, need additional support and then other external outreach. Like there's just so many good people doing good things and I don't have the answers for all of them. Um, you know, we can't be all things to all people, but when organizations come together and focus on their strengths to help people in unique ways, um, that's when we're, that's when we reach critical mass and we actually make movement. And so that's right. And so we're picking up the six together, man. We're relying yep. on you, perfectly well said, right? You can't be everything to everybody. And you got to stay in your lane sometimes. Like, what do we do? What do we do really well? Let's go do that. Who can we rely on through partnership, right? Through a shared strength of purpose to have a real impact in our community. The way that you're teaming up with Purple Heart Homes is a perfect example of that. In fact, your two podcasts are back-to-back episodes. So before oh, I love that. Episode, our, our guests just listened to Brad Borders with Purple Heart Homes. So you can hear the synergy here between these two organizations and how, listen, they both have incredible service before self that they're dedicated to these veterans, Brad himself won, but they found this common strength of purpose. The strength of purpose is to ensure that no veteran goes homeless, no veteran uh, ultimately uh, falls victim to addiction, uh, to these perils in life because they're giving them a home to live in. You're giving them something physically to do in a mentorship program to go through it. There, there's so much commonality in that, mm-hmm. that you're right, that we can move those things forward. So those are back-to-back episodes, right? You guys just heard Brad on. Now you've got Eric sitting here as well. Man, I love hearing about just the incredible impact that you've had in, in these veterans' lives and, and the way it's changed. That, you're right. That moment of my husband's back, that's powerful, man. That's really powerful. Mm-hmm. You guys can't do it alone, right? So we talked about the website. Encourage our listeners to go check that out. If you feel so donate, or if you feel so driven to donate, please do so. But I know you got a lot of other sponsors that are stepping into the fray, filling the void with you. So I just want to give you a minute, man, to give a shout out to anybody else that's out there helping you guys accomplish these dreams. Yeah, no, it's just incredible. I mean, um, to to see how when you share when you share these stories. Um, how it touches people, whether they were in the military themselves, have family in the military. Like you can't not be appreciative of what our servicemen and women um, do and what they stand for. Um, and so we have everything from small, you know, small business local that um, that volunteers at, a, at, at events um, to uh, folks like SARS um, bikes here in Madison, Wisconsin, that, make virtual riding possible so that uh, either our disabled veterans or veterans that live in places like Alaska uh, can ride year round and connect with each other virtually, um, which is extremely exciting. Um, and we, we have larger companies like uh, Biotech in Fayetteville, Arkansas. You can find their products on Amazon or in Walmart shelves um, that are you know, raising their hand and saying, you know, the, we need to be a part of the solution and this is how we're, we're going to do it. And so, um, so often, you know, in, in sport, we see people sponsoring teams because of what, um, what the reach of the, of the professional team is mm-hmm. not because of what they stand for. Um, people support us because of what we, what we stand for. Um, and because of that, our reach is big. Um, right? It's not the other way around. And I I just, you know, there's too many sponsors to name. um, But I just want to say thank you to all of them for believing in our cause and in our purpose, because you truly make a positive impact in people's lives. 
projectechelonracing.com. You can find all of that information there. Learn more about the team. Eric, before I let you go, gnarliest, hardest, craziest, craziest race you've ever competed in. Oh man, that's hard. That's really hard. Um, I'd have to, I'd have to say it's, uh, you caught me off. <laughs> it's so I'm unique because, it, yeah. because you know what? Unique? I mean, there's probably so many, right. That stick out. And there's all these moments that sort of. Yeah. It, it's, it's one of those things where like we, we, the riders are the ones that determine if a course is hard or not. Right. It could be the flattest, you know, day, day of the year. And if the right. wind is right, like we can make that the absolute most brutal day of the year. Yeah. Um, or if somebody's really just going to be super aggressive and just mash the hammer out the gate and you're like, I, I thought yeah. we were going to have a chill day. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess if I had to, to say one though, it'd probably be uh, either tour of Battenkill or Reading 100. Um, neither of which exist anymore, but they're East coast races that had mixed terrain, both gravel and road. Um, and you were either going up or down. There was no, there was no rhythm to be had in any mm -hmm. of those races. It was just a absolute constant grind. Um, and, uh, you had, you had to be on a good day and your teammates had to be on a good day. If you were gonna, if you're going to be successful there, man, that's awesome. Eric. Hey, tell me, I, this has to touch close to home for you, right? I mean, you know, I, I'm hearing you talk about, you know, a veteran friend called you, this thing is spurned from that, but it feels to me like there's a little bit more personally here for you. Yeah. Uh, my, I mean, my, my family's been, uh, obviously a huge supporter of military veterans for a long time. Um, have a number of, of family members who have served and my, my sister currently serves, my brother-in-law currently serves. Um, she's a, a graduate from West Point and he's a graduate from the Air Force Academy. Um, and so I just incredibly proud of, of what they do. And I want to make sure that when they come home, it doesn't have to be our organization, but that mm -hmm. there's an organization that's there to support them and, uh, and help them find peace in their life and success in their life post-military. You know, I feel you, man. My, my dad was 36 year air force veteran retired in 2013. My brother, sister-in-law are, I keep wanting to say in the air force have actually decommissioned their air force commission transition into the space force father uh you know obviously with a great career so so feel that need and desire one of the greatest honors of my life eric was you know my first job after leaving television right we were in television from 2003 to almost 2010 and i got to spend a little over a year year and a half at an organization in washington dc with the focus of serving gold star families families who have lost loved ones in combat mm -hmm. and through that um we worked a lot to elevate their voices and and share the voices of their heroes, but also their lives and, and these families. And one of the things we got to do is bring them to Washington DC, do a big event and had gold star families. And we took them to uh, an amusement park and always, we did a lot of, had a lot of fun with them for the day, but we also had some heavy moments where we went down to se section 60 at Arlington national cemetery and, you know, walked mm -hmm. with them through that. And, and so it's motivating to hear not only your family service and we thank them for that service for all that they've done, all they continue to do, but, how it's, you know, seeped in and, and giving you a little strength of purpose to continue to do that work today. Yeah. I mean, I think if everybody digs deep, there's, there's something down there that should just be a burning fire inside. And I would encourage them to, to do something about it. Right? Like you have an opportunity to make a difference in somebody else's life. Um, do it because you're going to regret it if you don't later. 
um, to take that opportunity, take those skills, take those, you know, the, the passion that you have and, and do good with it. All right. Tell us the websites and the social media accounts one more time. So our listeners can go find you guys. Yeah. Projectechelon.org is the website and we'd love for you to follow us at, uh, at project echelon racing on Instagram and Facebook. Project Echelon, an incredible mission. Uh, they are working to educate, equip, and empower veterans through physical activity. Eric, thank you so much for joining us today, sharing your story and sharing the story of the incredible work you're doing through Project Echelon. No, thank you, Brian. And uh, I, I look forward to the next time we connect. Have a great ride this afternoon. Yeah, take care. He's Eric Hill. I'm Brian Jodis. This has been Pick Up the Six Podcast. <laughs>